The message you're about to listen to is by Reverend Dr. Femi Olaleye of Oikea Christian Center. Remain blessed as you listen. to be mysterious all right one of the major thing god wants is for man or men to come to an understanding of who he is hallelujah the reason why that is is because when we come to an understanding of who god is we can now have proper fellowship with him we can have proper fellowship with him and we can have a proper relationship with him all through the old testament you would think that god wanted to be far away but when we look in Jesus Christ, we find out that God had always wanted to be close to mankind. God had always wanted to have, all right, a relationship with mankind. Praise God. Turn your Bible to me, St. John's Gospel, chapter number 1. John 1. Don't worry, by next week, all the screens will be working. But I'm aware just one is working now. Praise God. Look at St. John's Gospel, chapter number 1. Now, <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. John 1 verse 1. Can we read 1, 2, go? It says what? Read it again. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, look at that short statement there. It's so powerful. So powerful. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now look at verse 2. It says, the same was in the beginning with God. Amen. The same was in the beginning with God. Verse 3, everybody want to go. It says what? Again, read it together. I want to go. It says what? All things. All things were made by him. So all things were made by who? This fellow that was in the beginning with God, correct? Correct? He says, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Oh, everybody read, he says what? In him. So now, hold on, hold on, don't miss, don't speed read your Bible. He says, all things were made by him, number one, which means that him is a person. Correct? All things were made by him. So that him is a person. He says, all things were made by him. Then in four, he says, in him was what? Life. Now that word life there is Zoe. Hallelujah. He says, in him was life, and the life was the what? The light of men. Now notice something. You have in him was life, and this life was the light of men. I'm going to try as much as possible not to be too fast because it's a new church flat, so we have some new members, new people attending. So there are certain concepts you may not have understood yet, but so we are going to go as slow as possible. So he said, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. Hallelujah. So that means, in this person called the Word, that's what with God at the beginning, that created all things. The Bible says, in this person was life. Now, that word life there is the word Zoe. Many of you know what you've heard Zoe before, right? You've heard Zoe, right? You've heard Zoe, right? Now, Zoe is that word used in the Bible, especially in the New Testament, for life. When it's talking about a life in relationship with God. Are you seeing that? So, when most times you have, all right, that word Zoe used. So, in John 3, 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have what? Eternal what? Life. Now, in that place, it says eternal life. It's saying you will have Zoe eternally. That means you will have Zoe forever. Praise God. Praise God. But John is telling us that this Zoe is in this person called the Word. Hallelujah. The Zoe is in this person called the Word. Say aloud. Zoe is the Word. Say, Zoe is in the Word. And the Word is Zoe. Again, Zoe is in the Word, and the Word is Zoe. Now, let's continue. 
It says, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. That means could not understand it because comprehended is katalambano. Katalambano means to be able to understand, to receive. The darkness could not comprehend it. In Acts 6, everybody would want to go. It says what? There was a man what? Sent from God, whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light. Now, hold on. We are talking, can you see the language John is using? He's telling us, it starts off by talking about the word. Then later on, he now talks about the life. Then later on, he now talks about what? The light. So that means this person he's talking about is who? The word. He is the what? The life. And he's what? The light. So if you are going to describe this person, John is talking to us about, we are going to describe him in terms of him being the word, then him being the light, and him being what? Life. Note that there are certain things he didn't use to describe him. He didn't use darkness to describe him. He didn't use death to describe him. Because death and darkness is not in the nature of this person we are talking about. How many of you follow what I'm saying? How many of you follow what I'm saying? Good. He says, the same... All right, the same came for a witness to bear witness of the light. All right, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. Hallelujah. That was the true light which lighted every man that cometh into the world. Verse 10. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. Now he's telling us about the light. He was in the world, the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. Praise God. He came unto his own, the Jews, and his own received him not. Twelve. Everybody would want to go. He says what? But as many as received him, to them gave him what? Power to become what? The sons of God. Even to them that believe what? On his name. Which were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Verse 14. Everybody read. He says, and the word was made what? Ah, so that means the word was made flesh and dwelt amongst us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, who was the word that became flesh? Jesus. Is that correct? Come on, is that correct? So Jesus is the word of God became flesh. So everything John has been talking about, he has been talking about who? About who? So Jesus is the word. Jesus is the life, and Jesus is the light. Say that with me again. Jesus is the word. Jesus is the light. Jesus is the life. Hmm. Let's start from Jesus is the word. Let's start from that. Now, that expression word in, you know, the Bible, as I said, was written, all right, in the Old Testament, it was written in Hebrew, and the New Testament was written in Greek. I'll just, so I'll, I'll just explain certain things to you so you understand, so you don't say, oh, I don't speak Greek, so I don't understand. No, you understand. Now, when it says, in the beginning was the word, that word, expression word there in the Greek is the Greek word logos. Everybody say logos. You have heard it before. Some of you that have grown up in church. How many of you have heard of Logos and Rema before when you're going to church? Let me see. You've heard people teach that? Logos and Rema? Okay, good. Now, when he says, in the beginning was the word, what John wrote when he was writing the book of John in Greek, he, he actually said, in the beginning was the Logos. The beginning was the what? The Logos. Now, how, what does Logos mean? When the King James Bible was written, they translated it as word. Because that was the best way they knew how to translate it. It's not wrong, but you know, it's not complete. The revelation is not complete. Hallelujah. Now, the word logos, all right, is, was made popular in the Greek society, all right, because the Greek society was full of philosophers like Aristotle, Heraclitus, and all those guys. And the word logos actually means logic. That's what it means. All right. When you say, all right, uh, the logos of something, you are talking about the logic behind it. That's what it means. Logic. All right. The word logos also, all right, means the explanation. 
the explanation. So let me give you an example. I always use this example. How many of you did arithmetic progression when you were in secondary school? You have puzzles, like they will give you a puzzle, and they will say, um, they will write 2, then they write 5, and they write 8. 2, 5, 8. What's the next number? Come on, talk to me now. What's the next number? Then after 11, what's the next one? After 14, what's the next one? You know you can do this all day. After 17, what's next? Huh? Okay, after 20, what's next? Now, how is it that you are able to get it right? Because you figured out the explanation of the progression. Are you following? You have figured out the logic of the progression. So because you figured out the logic of the progression, you understand what comes next. So the moment you figure out the logic, the progression becomes predictable. Are you following? Are you following? The moment you figure out the logic, the progression becomes what? Predictable. So when the Bible says Jesus is the logos of God, he's saying that Jesus is the logic of God. He's saying that Jesus is the explanation of God. To understand God, look at Jesus. Praise God. I said praise God. To understand God, look at Jesus. Because Jesus explains God. Jesus is the Visible manifestation of the invisible God. Let me show you. Colossians chapter 1. Don't say, oh, Jesus is um, in the Michael. Jesus is. No. Jesus is God in flesh. Jesus is God in flesh. Jesus. That's who he is. Write this down. Jesus is God in flesh. Also write this. Jesus is the intrusion of the Godhead into the physical dimension. No man has seen God before. No man can see God. Why? Because God, Papa God, dwells in a place of inapproachable light. Papa God does not live in the realm of time. He is not a physical being. He is a spirit by his own class. John 4, 14, God is a spirit. God is a spirit. God is a spirit. And them that worship him was worshiping him in what? In spirit and in truth. So he is not a physical being. He has no beginning and he has no ending. Angels have a beginning. Glory to God. But God does not have a beginning. The difference between God and every other spirit there is in this world is that God has no beginning and all other spirits have a beginning. Are you with me so far? Are you with me so far? Good. So, Jesus is actually God manifesting. Let's look at Colossians 1.15. Pay attention, no? Pay attention. I know that certain things we will teach in this church is going to upset your theology. Amen. To upset your theology. Hallelujah. Listen, no? Listen. Hallelujah. Look at verse 14. Everybody read. One to go. It says, in whom we have what? In whom we have what? Redemption. Through his what? Even the forgiveness of 15. Everybody read. It says what? Who is the image of the what? Oh, you see that? Who is the image of the what? So that means he is the image of the God we cannot see. Are you seeing that? He is the image of the invisible God. The image of the invisible God. The firstborn of every creature. Hallelujah. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth. Visible and what? Invisible. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Jesus. You follow me? Ever say Jesus? Ever say Jesus? All things were created by him and what? For him. So, when you come and, you know, oh, hallelujah. That's why when you pray in the name of Jesus, you are praying in the most powerful name in the universe. Hallelujah. The most powerful name in the universe. Why? Because all things were made by that name. 
And when you say in the name of Jesus, glory to God, everybody will answer his father. Amen. Because if the name of Jesus produced it, then it is subject to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I said, if the name of Jesus produced it, then it is subject to the name of what? Of Jesus. So when you come with an understanding of what the name of Jesus is or who Jesus is, you find out that when you pray, you pray with confidence. You are not praying as though you are doing naira bets. You know, there are some people that they pray. Their praying is like gambling. You understand? You know, let me, you hear them say, I have tried Babalawo. Let me try prayer. You understand what I'm talking about? Why? Because it's gambling to them. No. No, I'm not gambling when I pray in the name of Jesus. I am declaring what I know from a place of understanding. Why? Because I know the name of Jesus is the most powerful name in the whole universe. All things were made by the name. Praise God. Praise God. He says, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible. Whether there be what? Thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Now, verse uh, 17. He says, and he is what? And he is what? Before all things. This is not a man. This is not an angel. This is Jesus. He says Jesus is before all things, and by him all things what? Consist. So that means everything has its identity from Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So Jesus is the explanation of God. When you read the Old Testament, without looking at it through the lens of Christ, you cannot understand God in the Old Testament without reading it through Christ. Do you know something? When Jesus shows up, he tells us something, that all the writings of the Old Testament, they were about who? Him. Shall I show it to you? Shall I show it to you? Good. Turn your Bible to John's Gospel chapter 5, verse 39. Your spirit already getting, are you already feeling the sweetness of the word? Are we, you know, yeah, the caramel, hallelujah. Sweet, creamy caramel, hallelujah. <laughs> John 5. It's about him. When you read, when you start reading from Genesis to Malachi, you're reading, you just think he's talking about Israel, the people, Abraham, and stuff like that. You're not beginning of sacrifice. And we have read Leviticus, and you are seeing blood everywhere. Blood, blood, blood. See, sacrifice. Blood, blood. And they killed, 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 killed. You know, you can read the Old Testament as a natural man and hate God. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Ah, ah, and you kill all of them like that. Because when you read it without the lens, he said, when I read the Old Testament, he said that the God of the Old Testament was a murderous scoundrel. He was just killing people everywhere. That the greatest murderer in the Old Testament is God. That is what conclusion you will arrive at when you read it without the lens of Christ. Hallelujah. And so people are looking at me suspiciously. What is this pastor saying? Calm down. John 5. Somebody died in your family. God didn't kill them. Did you hear what I said? Did you hear what I said? God didn't kill them. So stop asking God why. Didn't kill them. God did not create death. Huh? God did not create death. Look at what we read about Jesus. What did he say Jesus was? He said in him was what? Life. John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the what? Life. Then the Bible talks about in 1 Corinthians 15. He said the last enemy that shall be destroyed is what? Death. And I'm going to show you from scripture today that death did not come by the hand of God. If there is a number one hater of death, it's God. Why? Because death truncated his plan. When God created man, he didn't put death there. Because death is not a creation. Death is the absence of life. Darkness is not a creation. Darkness is the absence of light. You must separate what was created and what was present because the, what was created is not present. Are you following so, for example, all right, that is why the solution to darkness is to introduce light. The solution to death is to introduce life. 
which means the solution to um, uh, the absence of what was created is to introduce what was created. Amen? Amen. John 5.39, can we look at it? It says, search the scriptures. The scriptures there is the Old Testament. It says, search the scriptures. For in them, you think you have what? Eternal life. And they are they which testify of who? Me. So when you are reading Genesis to Malachi, who is he talking about? Jesus. They testify of me. So if you read the scriptures and Christ is not the subject matter with which you used to study it, you will miss it. Any interpretation of scripture that is not done through the lens of Christ is a misinterpretation of scripture. Hallelujah. And if you have come, if you have a misinterpretation of scripture, you are going to ruin your life. Because your understanding of the scriptures is what is going to determine your relationship with God. Your understanding of scripture is what is going to determine your relationship with another person. Your understanding of the scripture is going to dictate how you pray. Your understanding of the scripture is going to dictate how you worship. Your understanding of the scripture is going to dictate how you give. There are many believers, for example, that live daily in fear of going to hell. Do you know that? They are believers, but they are afraid of going to hell. Believers! Praying prayers. Oh God, please. When you come to collect your people, remember me, oh God. I remember that song. When you want to collect your people, my Father, remember me, oh God. Dear Jesus, remember me, oh Lord. When, what? Does he have amnesia? Why will he not remember you? Do you know what it means to be a Christian? You think you joined an Arsenal football, football club or something where they can revoke your membership? You think that it is what it is? You know? A club that doesn't win? Think that's what you joined? <laughs> Don't worry. If you're here an Arsenal fan, get used to it. All right? Just get used to it. You know, it's my cross. Let me carry it. I hate the club. I was once a fan. Mm. But when I found out it was a risk factor for hypertension, diabetes, and heart attacks, so what I did was I stopped supporting the club and I took on a winning club. Because in, in Zion, we win. How can you support Asna? And you are in Nigeria. Abuwa is your president. Uh, don't you know we need to pray for you specially because. You need help. <laughs> Think about it. You are in Nigeria. Buhari is your president. Emefili is your CBN governor. They are not an Arsenal fan. Angels can help you. <laughs> Nobody can help you. <laughs> I have a friend like this. When Arsenal loses, he can't eat. He can't eat. His wife has to console him. That wife, the wife is a Liverpool fan. That one has sense. <laughs> Let me tell you something. If you are, if you, what you have to learn how to, how would I put it? Uh, if you are a football supporter, have the number one team you support. Then have another one you can console yourself with. So that the other one, number two, must be win, a winning club. So as we are saying, John five thirty nine. It's a such the scriptures. For in them you think you have what? And alive. They testify of me. Look at Luke twenty four twenty seven. Luke twenty four and twenty seven. Luke 24, 27. Jesus was saying, hey, the book is about me. It's not about anything else. Me. Luke 24. He says, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets. You see that? He expounded unto them in all what? the scriptures, the things concerning what? Himself. Look at 47 or is it 44? 44. Everybody read. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet what? With you. That all things must be fulfilled which were written where? In the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning who? Concerning who? So the Bible is a Christocentric document. 
the Bible. It's a Christ-centered document. Christ is the corner piece of Bible narratives. When Moses wrote Genesis 1 verse 1, the inspiration was Christ. When he wrote Exodus, the inspiration was Christ. So you cannot understand the message of the Bible without understanding Christ. Look at 2 Timothy 3.16. Paul telling Timothy, he says, he was telling him, he said, all scripture. In fact, I think we should read from 2 Timothy 3.15. He said from that, that from an only child. Look at it. 2 Timothy 3.15. He says, and that from a child. Thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee what? Wise unto what? Are you there? All right, let's read it again. 2 Timothy 3.15. He says what? And that from a child, thou hast known the what? Holy scriptures, which are able to make thee what? Wise unto what? True faith, which is where? So that means if I read Genesis to Malachi, I'm going to arrive at one place. Salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Which means, Genesis to Malachi is the story of my salvation. How God promised to save me. But if you do not read through the lens of Christ, you are going to be seeing what you should not be seeing. Hallelujah. 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 So Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Jesus is God we see. I, 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 think one of, I think I should try to explain even this concept of Trinity to us so that we can get it. I think that many believers still do not understand the concept of Trinity and do not know what Trinity is. Many people think that, all right, that Christians serve three gods. How many of you have heard people say things like that? That we serve three gods. Guys, now talk to me. How many of you have heard people say we serve three gods? Hmm? All right? Now, they think that when we are talking about, when you say we, um, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they think that we are talking about three different people that are not the same. Hallelujah. Now, let's start with the Father. John 6. Who is he? The Father is the eternal God, the one who dwells in the realm outside of time. He dwells in the realm outside of time, which means the Father, all right, cannot be seen because for you, for you to see the Father, you must, um, he must be present in time. Anything that can be seen must be a creature of time. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I will show you. Look at John chapter 6. John 6, 36. You know that sound? It means we need children's church. Can I get an amen? And some of you will be the teacher. Uh, you see that? You see what happened now? The first one, amen. <laughs> but when you say you be the teacher, it just went down. <laughs> Praise God. It's like when you say, God, if those of you that want Canadian visa, God will give you amen. Then we now say, those of you that are destined to stay in Nigeria, you stay here. It's like that. Now look at John 6 46. Look at what it says. Everybody, John 6, 46. I want to show you something because you need to understand this. John 6, 46 says, not everybody wants to go. It says what? Uh -uh, guys, now, let's read together now. Want to go. Not that any man hath what? Sin the Father. Save he which is what? Of God. He had what? Hold on. So he says that no man hath seen the Father. Glory to God. No man. So when he says in Exodus that and Moses saw God, mm -mm. he says no, Moses didn't. Praise the Lord. Moses didn't. There is a difference between seeing a vision of God and seeing God. They're not the same. Are you following? A vision, all right, is like a projection before you that has a message inside. Amen. It doesn't mean that you are seeing the visible, physical manifestation of God. Man does not have the capacity to see the father physically. Because for man to see the father physically, the father has to become, all right, enter into, the, uh, into time, matter, and space. Which is who Jesus is. 
Jesus is the intrusion of the invisible God into time, matter, and space so that man can see him. So that man can know him. Because outside of Jesus that entered into time, matter, and space, men can know God. Men can see God. Are you following what I'm saying? That is why, if you look at 1 John, all right, chapter 1, John, in trying to convince the Gnostics that Jesus actually came, what did he say? He said, of the things we have had, of the things we have seen, and our hands have handled. Amen? So he said, we, we touched him. We saw him. We ate with him. We met him. Do you understand? And we testified that this guy was the son of God. That that's our testimony. That after interacting with him, we could arrive at only one conclusion. Jesus is God. We can't, there is nothing else. That that's our testimony. Hallelujah. So says, no man, look at it. No, not that any man has seen God at any time. Look at John 1, 18. John 1, 18. He says, no man had seen God at any time, the only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he had what? Declared it. So what is Jesus re-emphasizing? Jesus is re-emphasizing that you cannot, you cannot know the Father outside of who? The Son. Because it is only the Son that has what? Seen him. Is this clear? Is this clear? So, every knowledge, any wisdom that claims to be of God but does not come in the container called Christ is error. How do you know what is error and what is false? When there is a proclamation about God that is not through the lens of Christ, it cannot be correct. Any religion that, you know, that pretends to talk about a way to God that is not true Christ cannot be correct. So that is why Jesus did not appear in a vision to the apostles to tell them he was the way. No. Jesus, God, became flesh. Walked this earth 33 and a half years so that there can be no excuse. What he said was quoted. And he didn't say it to so just one person, like in the Old Testament, person say, I have division. No. This one, he was dead. Why is it that John the Baptist is called the greatest of all prophets? It's simple. He was called the greatest of all prophets because all the other prophets of the Old Testament prophesied about Jesus. They said, Thus said the Lord. How many of you noticed that Thus said the Lord ended with the Old Testament? How many of you noticed it? Do you know why? Because they were, the prophets were prophesying about what the Lord has said, but they have not seen the Lord. But in the New Testament, what happens? Jesus shows up in the Gospels, and he was, he was the one talking. So you have, thus said the Lord in the Old Testament, and the Lord in the New Testament, in the Gospel, is saying, I'm the one saying, I am the way. So he now comes, in the, in the Gospels, I am is the one talking. In the Old Testament, the prophets were telling us what I am said. Hallelujah. So John the Baptist is the greatest of all the prophets, because while the other prophets prophesied about Jesus, John the Baptist saw Jesus and pointed him out to the world. Amen. So, seniority in the prophetic is not in prophecies and visions. Seniority in the prophetic is in the revelation of who? Jesus Christ. Amen. I said amen. So, no man had seen God at any time. So, the Father, all right, dwells in the place of inapproachable light that no man can see or has seen. But Jesus... Amen? Who is Jesus? Jesus is the visible manifestation of this God that is invisible. Amen? So, for example, if you have a mirror in front of you, and you stand in front of the mirror, amen, this guy here, standing in front of the mirror, is the visible one. Are you following? Alright? He's the one you can touch. You can see the other side of the mirror, but you can't touch the other side of the mirror, correct? Correct? Is there a difference between your outline and the outline of the, what is in the mirror? No. The difference is that one is an image, the other is the substance. Praise God. Praise God. All right? So, what you have is this. Jesus is the selfie of God. Jesus is the 100% V 
visible representation of the invisible God. So, you, to know this God who is invincible, know Jesus. So, it is not Jesus, no God. Are you following? You cannot say you want to know God after you have known Jesus. Because knowing Jesus is knowing God. Look at John, 1, um, John 14. Let me just, you know, view the mansion here. John 14. If you are learning something this morning, can I get an amen? amen. Hallelujah. How many of you know that church is actually a school? How many of you know it's a school? It's a school and it's a barrack. Because the reason why you come to church is for the training for the work of ministry. And church, all right, because we are priests. Hallelujah. The Bible calls us, all right, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. If we are priests, then we must keep knowledge. The Bible says the priest's lips must do what? Must do what? The priest's lips must do what? Keep knowledge. They should be able to find knowledge at your mouth. When somebody asks questions concerning scriptures, you should be the answer to that, 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 that request. So you must know the word. The Bible makes us understand that you must be able to give a defense of what you believe. At all times. Christianity is not something we just accept without understanding. In the Old Testament, it talks about Elisha killing 42. Um, we, we, have, we have Elisha, all right, cursing 42 children. And a bear came and killed the 42. You have to ask, why, why did that happen? What's the explanation of it? Because people outside there will ask you. Praise God. You need to understand Ananias and Sapphira. Why was it that Ananias and Sapphira died after Jesus had shed his blood for the remission of sins? You need to answer that question because people are going to ask you. Praise God. You don't say, ah, it's God that knows. Praise God. You can neighbor and say, I am a minister. Louder, I'm a minister. I didn't say you're a pastor. I said you're a minister. Say, I'm a minister. You know what a minister is? A minister is a servant. He serves something. Who, who, who are you a minister of? The Bible says that he has made us able ministers of the what? New covenant. Not of the letter, but of what? Of the spirit. For the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth what? Life. I have no word of God. I minister the spirit. I minister the spirit. No God. Now, when he says not of the letter, he's not saying not of the scripture. So the letter is the law, the law of Moses. The law of the Moses is the letter that killeth. The spirit of life. Higher, glory to God. So as I'm talking to you right now, I'm ministering life to you. I'm ministering the spirit to you. Hallelujah. In my words, I'm doing that because I'm sharing the gospel of Jesus with you. I am not sharing the law of Moses with you. For in sharing thou shalt not, I minister death. But in sharing what Christ has done in you, for you, I minister what? Life. Because you are filled and strengthened in your consciousness of what Christ has done. Praise God. I said praise God. Your hallelujah can be louder than that. Praise God! Now, John 14, remember what Jesus said? Knowing Jesus is knowing God. Knowing Jesus is knowing God. And I want to warn you to be, not be, you know, there are some folks that are curious. They want to check out Buddhism. They want to check out yoga. They want to check out astral travel. They want to be checking everything out. You see, there are some things you will check, you will check out that will lead to you checking out. Praise God. There are some things you will check out that will lead to you checking out. They are curious. So they want to do yoga. You know, I saw some, once I asked me, I said, Pastor, is, is it wrong to do yoga? I said, which one? Is it the one where people are just doing like this? Doing like this? You know? Just stretching. It's just stretching. I said, ah, nothing wrong with exercising and stretching your leg and doing all sorts of things. I said, but when it involves the meditation, meditation in all those, because yoga is a form, it's, it's actually an aspect of Buddhism. I've read this thing, so I know what I'm saying. It's an act of Buddhism. And so if you don't know what Buddhism is, Buddhism is, is something, oh, hey, 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 praise God. Hey, yeah, 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 it's something, oh, Buddhism. Ah, <laughs> Buddhism. Buddhism is something. Now, it appears beautiful, you know, because it talks about all stuff, 
Buddhism is where reincarnation, the concept of reincarnation is there. The Buddhism is where people have karma. You know karma now? Karma, karma, karma. Ah. It's not a Christian concept. Glory to God. All right? It's not a Christian concept. In the Christian tenet, forgiveness, God's mercy, God's grace is what is emphasized. All right? All right, in Buddhism, karma is what is emphasized. Karma is whatever you give to the universe, the universe will give it back to you. Praise God. That is among fallen men. In Christ, we emphasize that we reap what Christ has sown. We don't reap what we sow. Praise God. Praise God. Now, in relationship with men, because not all men are saved, and not all men have grown up. If you do evil to a man, he will die for that. You understand what I'm talking about? And that is subject to whether or not the principle of sin and death is at work in him. Because in Christ, you are told that, all right, love your enemies. Do good to them that what? Hurt you. So that means I am not supposed to recompense evil with evil. Praise the Lord. That automatically defeats karma. Is that correct? Because karma presupposes that if you do evil, you will get evil. How many of you understand what I'm saying here? I don't understand what I'm saying here. So that's why, as a Christian, what you need to do to break the cycle of evil, when people do evil to you, what are you supposed to return back? Hmm. That's what Jesus was saying when he said, Love your enemies. Love your enemies. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Yes, practice this. Whenever some, you hear that somebody says something bad about you, should I tell you what you should do? Practice this. Instead of saying something bad about them, look for something good to say about them. Ken Hagen once told a story. I think it was Ken Hagen. They talk about there was a guy in the neighborhood that was always a problem. This guy was always causing trouble everywhere. Then finally, the guy died. At his funeral, all right, Ken Hagen was talking about the man that was known to walk in love. At the funeral, everybody was talking about, ah, finally, like one, I saw one tweet, the person said, um, Auntie Shade, thank God you have died. The evil you did is enough. You know. Then one guy like that was so full of the love of God, he came there and he said, You say something, what do you think? The guy was bad, he was a criminal and so the guy said, I always thought he had good teeth. I had the best teeth in the world. What was he doing there? What was he practicing? What principle? What he was practicing was, I would always look for something good to say about someone else. I will not recompense evil with what? With evil. Because you see, if I recompense evil with evil, I multiply evil on the earth. Are you following? If I recompense gossip with gossip, I multiply gossip on the earth. If I recompense backbiting with backbiting, I multiply backbiting on the earth. But if I recompense evil with good, hatred with love, what am I multiplying on the earth? Love. Light. Life. Praise the Lord. I said praise the Lord. Now, John 14, look at verse 6. I think we can, because of time, we can close with this. Like I said, it's a series. We can't rush it. Amen. How many of you are married here? You're married, can you? You're married, person? Married? I'm married, by the way. you meet my wife soon. You're married, let me see your hand. Ah. Put it up now. Ah, put it up. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. So how many of you are you want to marry very soon? Let me see. You want to marry? Like, you want to marry now? Uh, James, you want to marry too? Very soon. Angels are here. Put your hand up if you want to marry soon. Put it up. Ah, why people is your hand paining you? They're doing like this. What is don't be ashamed now. Put it up. <laughs> ah, wow. Thank God. Jesus. It's a good thing to want to marry. Eh? And marriage is good. You marry the right person. So what I'll do next week, Sunday, I'll take a brief from this one and teach you on that one. Then we'll come back 21st. I hope that's fine. Is it fine? Because mm-hmm. I find sometimes some Christians, you say, no, they should know it by the word. My brother, teach them. I will learn it for you. So, John 14, 6, it says, Jesus said unto him, I am the way the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but what? Hey, guys, listen to me, oh, and let me state this clearly. No man comes to the Father but by Jesus. 
So well, are we not walking in um, we're not walking in tolerance to other religions? I'm not the one who is Jesus. You can write a query to him in heaven. In fact, you can send him a mail. I will give you the email already of Jesus. He uses it. So you can complain. I'm telling you what he said. I'm a preacher of the Lord Jesus Christ. He sent me to tell you this. He says, No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You can look, you cannot get to the Father but by Jesus. I don't know if you have noticed that when people say they had an encounter with God, usually it's an encounter with Jesus. Many people that say they have a vision of God, it's a vision with who? With Jesus. Because you cannot, he is the gate, he is the way. And the way, the truth, and life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Pay attention. Verse 7. If he had known me, eh? I want you to read it all. 7, everybody, you want to go. It says what? If he had known me, you should have known what? See that? That means knowing me is knowing my Father. Glory to God. He said, if you had known me, you would have known my father also. Praise God. What, continue reading. He says what? And what? From henceforth, you know him and have what? That means you know him and have seen him because you have seen who? Me. Say aloud, knowing Jesus is knowing God. Fellowshipping with Jesus is fellowshipping with God. Praising Jesus is praising God. Someone shout hallelujah. 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 So he said, if you had known me, you should have known my father also. And from henceforth, you know, you have, you know him and have seen him. Eight. Now look at it. Look at what eight, uh, Philip says. Philip said unto him, all right, Lord, show us what? And it's what? Because it was like, ah, guy, now, you say you are the father. You are here now. It's not you that are eating granite and body. Ah, ah, now, it's you now. Ah, ah. What do you mean? So he said, because it sounded like blasphemy. So he said, wait, show us the Father and we are satisfied. Now look at what Jesus said in response to that. Normally, what he was expecting for Jesus to do is say, Amna, 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 Father, show up, show up, show up, show up. Amna, Amna, Father. You know, he was expecting some introduction. Look at what Jesus said. Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that had seen me, had seen what? Read it again. He that had seen me, had seen what? Remember, Jesus is the Logos. He is the explanation. He is the logic of God. So that means if you know Jesus, you've known who? Because Jesus explains the fact. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. And how, sayest thou, then show us the Father. He's asking him, how dare, how dare you say show us the Father? I've told you I'm he. He says, believe it or not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me. The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. But the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth what? The works. Amen. You know something? Guys, look at me. In the Old Testament, Elijah, in 2 Kings chapter number 1, some king, the king of Israel, Jeroboam, Jeroham, sends soldiers to Elijah. Now, what happened was, Jeroham, or Jehoram, sorry, Jehoram was an idol worshiper. He worshipped the god of Ekron. One of these days, I think I will try and take you guys through the realm of the spirit, understanding the personalities and the authorities in the realm of the spirit, and how, they, uh, how um, the clashes between angelic forces and these principalities shaped the Old Testament world. I'll show you from scripture. You see it, and you see how it works. And you now understand why Elijah had to prophetically, judicially, pass a sentence against that king. You understand? Because when a king in whom uh, who was anointed? Oh, don't let me give us because it's a long story and time is fast spent. Amen. Praise God. Let's take it slow. Where was I? Elijah. So Elijah goes uh, and tells the king because the king falls down from a lattice. He falls down from a roof. He hurts his back. Okay. Then the king now sends messengers to a pro for prophets of Baal in Ekron. He says, "Go and inquire whether he will be fine." Elijah said, "Ah, you left Israel. Where I am." And you went to solicit demonic spirits to find out. Now said, you will not come down from that bed you've gone up to. 
Elijah actually, you see, Elijah was a ruffian. Elijah actually went and blocked the servants on the road. He will lay them. And said, go and tell him. He said, go back and tell him. He will die. He said, in as one, he said is there no God in Israel that you are going to go and talk to the enemies of the, of the Lord, demonic spirit? He said, you will not come down from that distance. So, Elijah goes. Then Elijah goes to sit down on a place called Mount Carmel. He sits down there, and the angel of the Lord was with him. Now, the king considered it an insult, like an act of treason for him to be told that he was, go he was going to die by someone that was his subject. Remember, this guy was not following the ways of the Lord. Now, sends a guy, a soldier with 50 soldiers. All right? They say, go and arrest Elijah. Bring him to me. Why don't put him in prison? Elijah said, guy gets there and speaks arrogantly to Elijah. He said, man of God, come down. Elijah said, you called me a man of God and you spoke to me like that. Well, if I be a man of God, let fire come from heaven and consume you. Roste te te, suya, fuck. They didn't come back. So king said, maybe something happened. Sent another set. Go arrest him. He said, man of God, rudely again, come down. Elijah said, I'm a man of God and you're talking to me like that. Eh. If I be a man of God. So you see the question, Elijah was saying, if I am truly a man of God, this is what should happen. Fire comes, roast him, and kills this one. Then the third guy comes and sees 102 men burnt by the right. He gave himself brain. He goes on his knees and says, Man of God, let my life and the life of these men be precious in your sight. <laughs> Hallelujah. He said, Let my life and the life of these men be precious in your sight. Just come. Nothing will happen to you. We just want to, you and the king to have a conversation. That's it. Finish. The king will kill us if we don't come with you. You don't kill us because, you know, you're a man of God. Then the Bible now says something interesting. He said, and the angel of the Lord whispered to Elijah's ear, go with him. Which means that that fire that was coming down, where was it coming from? That angel. Because you will later understand the dynamics of operations between men and angels. Many people don't understand how it works. All right? You will now know how to put angels to work. Hallelujah. Look, when you became a Christian, you were initiated into a superior spiritual civilization. It's not a club. Are you following what I'm saying? It's not a club, oh. It's not we are, we are somewhere sitting down and we, amen, amen, blessing and glory, and we go. No, it's not a club. It's a spiritual civilization. You are not ordinary. That's if you are born again here. You're not ordinary. Ha! You are not ordinary. Your words have power. You can build a company by the power of the Holy Ghost from scratch. Ha! You can limit it and ah, it's our glory to God. You can. You can. You are not powerless. Some be thinking, I need why. No, listen, the Bible says you have come to Zion, to the city of the living God, to a, what? an innumerable company of angels, to the spirit of just men made perfect. Eh? That's what you came to. Hallelujah. Now, where am I going? It's in Luke's Gospel, chapter 9, 45. The Bible now tells us that Jesus was going into a city. The people in the city rejected him and said, no, don't come here. Then the disciples of Jesus now spoke and said to Jesus, Jesus, leave them alone. Let us call down fire from heaven. Like who? Elijah. And destroy them. And the Bible says, Jesus turned sharply and rebuked them. And said, you know not what manner of spirit you are of. The son of man did not come to destroy men's life, but to what? Save. Praise God. Showing you that what we see with the destruction of those men's life was dependent on Elijah. It was how Elijah used power. Now in Jesus, Jesus uses power differently and tells us to use power what? Differently. Look at it. When Jesus was being arrested, Peter took his sword and cut off the hair of Malchus. What did Jesus do? Jesus rebuked Peter. He said, do you think I cannot readily request from my father? Twelve legions of angels. So that means Jesus is saying, I am not helpless here. I can be delivered if I want to. 
Hallelujah. I can be delivered if I want to. I can move against this man if I want to. In fact, another gospel rendering tells us that when they came to arrest Jesus, and they said, um, um, they came to arrest Jesus, and they said, little children, who are you looking for? They said, I'm looking for Jesus. He said, it is I. The moment he said, it is I, they fell under the power. Hallelujah. Showing you that if he wanted to, he could move the, use his power, the power of God, against. But he chose not to. Therefore, in the New Testament, it is you must walk in love and walk in the Spirit with the authority in Christ you have and with the power of Christ that you have. That is why anger, bitterness, and resentment must not be present in a vessel that God is using. Because if it is present in a vessel that God is using, that vessel can begin to use that power against the very people God has sent him to help and deliver. Praise God. So if you see a man of God giving to anger, don't be close. It can hurt you. Amen? It can hurt you. The power of God is a two-edged sword. It can go for you and go against you, depending on how the person, that, you know, the vessel using it. Praise the Lord. So, you know, you need to understand that. So when you are looking at operations and acts of, you know, power in the Bible, separate the one that was by men, how men used it, and separate, all right, the one that was by God. Praise the Lord. You know, I know some of you may not understand some of this, but just come back, keep coming, keep coming, keep bringing your friends, keep bringing your family, you get to learn and you get to know. Praise the Lord. Say this with me. Knowing Jesus is knowing God. Jesus is the explanation of God. Jesus is a visible manifestation of the invisible God. Hallelujah. Have you been blessed today? Have you learned something today? All right, can we just rise up on our prayer? I want to just pray in the spirit for a few minutes. If you don't yet pray in tongues, can we just begin to thank God and magnify his name? Everybody, come on. Amen. Come on, go ahead. That's too low. That's too quiet. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Kurama sike deki baba baka tola baba baba haya. Monta kababando lobro onde ki baba basunda kababa sundo gobori basanda ha. Ege deki bondo dobo hondere mokoto koboko sundo gobori basanda haya. Manda kababa baka sente ki bara masanda kababa bakuri masanda kababa sundo. Raba baba baka takababa kata kababa sundo gobori basundo gobori basanda kababa haya. Manda kababa kata kabako dogoboro kabaka. Ah 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 Father, we give you praise. Amen. Listen. You can only know God through Jesus. And you can only understand what Jesus has done for you through the scriptures. So, the more you understand the scriptures, the more you grow in Christ. Hallelujah. Stop trying to grow in your knowledge and your relationship with God through experiences. Experiences will deceive you. The scriptures, properly understood, will shape your experiences. Praise the Lord. Will shape your experiences. Then also, ensure you go for training in the word. Ensure you go for discipleship. There's a lot of Christian entertainment and love excitement without training, without substance. That will not help you. When the crisis of life come, when the crisis of life hits, it is what you understand deep in your soul that will rise to the top. So you must ensure you give yourself to understanding what the Word of God says. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Just, just thank the Lord and just thank Him. Just go ahead and just thank Him for a few more minutes. Thank Him for what you have learned. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You have just listened to a message by Reverend Dr. Femi Olalea of Oikea Christian Center. For other messages, visit our website at www.oikiacc.org. Remain blessed.